0: Charge
1: than me. No, Do you want to charge yours? No. Alright, we'll just keep an on that. Yep. Make it work. Okay. We're away. Hi. <laughs> so what's the podcast called? My Pimble. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Mm.
2: Look
3: at the camera.
1: Look. Hi. We'll just start from there. <laughs> Um, if you can see the ring in the background, if you're watching, not listening, that's the light. So the. Light. I'll just try to cover it with my head. Okay. That's the idea, is that it goes on your face. <laughs> that's the idea. So for people watching, not listening, there's a ring. I mean, for people listening, not watching, there's a ring, and Lola's dealing with it with her face. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm just putting my face in the view of the ring. That's what I was doing for those that can't see.
1: Speaking of audio... Didn't you used to be a rock star? <laughs> Hardly. Please tell. Most people who are my friends don't know. Like, I might have mentioned it, but um, mm. do tell about your musical career.
0: Um, I guess I've probably been playing punk bands probably since the early 2000s, I reckon. Um, yeah, and then, like, so I was in a band called I'm Fetish, and we kind of did a bit of touring mostly some towns in America, like... Yeah, like Kentucky, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of weird, like in Kentucky, you know, there are certain things that you would do there, um, either play punk rock music, um, or be a drug addict, or drug dealer, that's kind of what happens, or oh, Ku Klux Klan, that's kind of what goes on there, so it's pretty interesting, so yeah, like it was interesting kind of like playing there, I think that people really appreciated um, the music scene and just yeah getting behind it um, we ended up touring with this band that came to Australia mm-hmm. um, we did an East Coast tour um, and then yeah basically they came we went back there and played a couple of um, shows with them so that was really awesome mm-hmm. um, the drummer used to be our old drummer used to live here so started off with that and then like a few years later I started Razor Cut which was a street punk band and um, yeah we toured Europe which was really awesome. We did, like, mostly Germany. Um, Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, We released a couple of, or a few uh, records, which was awesome. And, um, yeah, it was fun. Mm. Learned a lot, Met a lot of really cool people, and, yeah, played a lot of music, so it was pretty awesome. Mm.
1: So how do you go from being, like, a shit kicker, playing, like, open mics and, like, doing a gig to two or three people? To tour in Europe, how does, how
0: does, how does that, that happen? happen? Mm. Um, so, okay, so uh, the singer in the band, Al, um, was in a band called Matching Orders, and basically he was pretty well known. So um, I, I just thought I'd reach out to a couple of the record labels in Germany particularly, um, Contra, I and mean, then there was another one in Amsterdam, Holland, um, called Rebellion. And then there was Longshot. So Longshot um, uh, is an American label. Mm-hmm. So I just reached out to those guys. We knew Mike just through, which is Longshot, um, just through his dealings with marching orders. And um, yeah, basically just had a recording and just said, hey, what do you think of this? Contra didn't get back to us straight away. And we ended up getting um, heard by Rebellion, who loved it. It was really raw. And so he took it and um, they were based. So basically, it was um, Longshot and Rebellion that that um, co-released it. Mm. So we basically gave them the record or well, we gave them the, the recording, and they basically pressed it and they did all the distro. So that's kind mm. of like it was. It was really helpful. So yeah, basically that was a real success. I think they were really like getting into the Aussie sound. So it really helped, like in Europe, because March and Orders was so like yeah, just different to everything else that was kind of going on in Europe. Mm. So I think that, you know, Razor Cup was kind of a bit like that too. Really Australian sounding like really Ocken, <laughs> like vocals and stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, having two, so it was two chicks in the band, two guys. So I think it was almost like a punk version of ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people liked that because it was always just kind of, you know, what they say, balls against the wall kind of way. Mm. Um, which is another uh, word for street punk. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of cool, and then yeah, basically um, we had enough um, kind of we, we were noticed from those recordings and those mm. those um, records, and basically we just kind of went off that. So a few years later, so that was so we started in two thousand and eleven, and two thousand and fifteen is when we ended up touring Europe. Mm. So that was cool. So yeah, I think it was about nine shows in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, so it was pretty hectic, but it was awesome. Mm. Yeah,
1: really enjoyed
0: it. Mm. Cool. Fuck yeah. Talk mm. well, oh. to me
1: about your musical career and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. It came and went. Um, I did choir when I was like a little kid, and so I was kind of trained to sing. I was a trained singer. I did singing lessons again four or five years ago. You no, know, as the, the teacher said at the time. It's like you've got a fire hose and you're just turning it on. Like, and I'm like, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm just belting and I'm like, I don't know. it's And it's like notes would crack and stuff like that because I've run out of air. Yeah. And he's like, um, you are a singer who cannot sing. And I'm like, go on. And he's like, you got no dynamics or tone. I'm like, what the fuck do those words mean? Like, I actually didn't understand what he's talking about. But I think you like, had a nice tone. Yeah, well, now I know how to control it. Yeah, now I know how to control it. And then, um, I went for singing lessons again couple of years ago and she was like oh you're great what the fuck and then I went again and she was like you can sing it's fine like both the recent teachers were like it's fine like don't worry about it like you don't need to pay money to learn um so that helped anyway that's been my singing I played guitar for a long time till my brother like clocked the bass guitar like he's like at his bass teacher and the teacher's like hey we're gonna play this today and he just played it back to him he goes oh yeah and the teacher was like <laughs> like, and that was gonna be the lesson, and he, just, he just watched him and went yeah, yeah, and so, and so um, so Chris like just started playing guitar because he was like ah, oh, there's more strings, it's harder or whatever, and then now his YouTube channel's got like six hundred thousand subscribers wow. or something. But when I turned like eighteen, I was like okay, you're the guitarist, like yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. let that go. Um, we had a really great band Tramity, which um was which was sick, and like we actually got picked up by a music manager, and I ended up working for him doing event management and stuff because the other guys didn't want to do... Like, he kind of butted us up to do a um, Beatles cover band, because he saw that we could sing three-part harmonies, and we were really technical and very organised and stuff, as, as your friend Pete Burgess said, very organised. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, let's do it, man. I'm down for selling out. Fuck this, like, <laughs> Beatles, whatever. Like, I love the Beatles. <laughs> and um, they were like, no, we want to play a B-Rock or whatever. And, you know, eventually, like, um I was, like, really busy doing radio and TV, and stuff. So I was working at Channel 31 and CNFM. And the, um, the other lead singer was kind of not doing anything with his life other than the band. So they kept rehearsing without me. And Eventually, they were like, look, we think it'd be best if you left the band. And I'm like, oh. how about you guys, like, schedule the rehearsals when I'm not busy? And they're like, nope, fuck you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. okay. But then they went hardcore death metal. And I was like, am actually bad. really glad I got kicked out of that band. <laughs> like, so it was like, different yeah. And they really wanted to go there. And I didn't. I wanted to do more harmonious vocals and stuff like yeah. that. But they were full screamo, like. Yeah, yeah. Hardcore and actually did pretty well in the scene because it was like, you know, it's a niche, as you know. like mm. um, So that, that was like the last time I was in a band, anyway. I played a lot with my brother, I played with like random bands over the years, like jumped in. Um, mainly did solo acoustic stuff though. And then um, I ran a bunch of hip hop gigs after we did like Angel Circus, which is Tattoo is about, it was an art collective. I played at that a lot, um, just solo and all with my brother. And then. What was the last thing I said? Yeah, hip hop. Yeah, yeah. So I ran some hip hop gigs mainly because my friends did hip hop and I wanted to like give them a. You know, I already had the experience of running gigs. I was like, hey, if you guys want to be like a rap,
2: yeah.
1: like here you go. Like here's, here's an audience and shit. And they were like, whoa, sick. You know, it was like it's pretty cool for them just that I knew how to put a gig together. But then um, I started doing some hip hop and shit mainly just to fatten out the. You know, you need to react at least, and, and so I started rapping a bit and stuff. I was like, oh, this is okay. Like it's just like not singing. Like like I was like really sort of like why would you listen to rap when you could hear good singers? It's like what I believed before that. And then I was like, okay, the rhythm of the lyrics is much more intense. Like you got multi-rhymes and like multi rhyme at the start of the line, multi rhyme at the end of the line. Like that's, you know, Eminem's perfect example. He's like very intricate with the lyrics and stuff. So yeah, so I got into that for a while and like I still had this stage persona and performance and projection and stuff probably over other rappers. Like they're like, oh, you've got like, You've got a thing going already. It was like yeah, I'm kind of singing the raps, like I was yeah, I had a had that singing background and stuff and the um audience participation, like I had a lecture down. So Yeah. So that went pretty well. And then uh yeah, probably in the years after that I would write sort of folky acoustic rap shit because I was like got used to um writing lyrics like that and stuff as well. So some of my later stuff was a bit more like that, a bit more Aussie hip hop funky yeah. shit. Yeah. To answer that's your awesome. question. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> awesome. For me I think it's weird like so I've kind of always been into like folk and country music I kind of grew up on it, rock mm-hmm. and roll and stuff so punk was kind of a natural progression because I feel like it's very similar anyway it's just faster. <laughs> okay. um, obviously mm-hmm. subject matter changes like depending on what kind of area of punk you're into you mm-hmm. know Um, like I never kind of did the whole fuck the system kind of stuff a lot of the stuff I wrote was kind of more about family dynamics and how it could Mm. be kind of coming across with um even friendships and stuff you know just kind of like being really honest and open and Mm. basically not being cunty you know (laughs) that was kind of like that was kind of my subject matter a lot of the time i think Mm. um and i had a i had a troubled um brother so it was kind of like he helped fuel a lot of my writings. Mm. So that was cool. But yeah, like I... So it's funny, like I would kind of like write songs and like have this whole like folk song kind of like la 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 la, la and then like give it to like the vocalist and then he'd kind of like dirty it up and mm. make it sound more boyish. So it, it was cool. Like, yeah, kind of worked. Um, mm. But yeah, it was always funny when I kind of handed a song over to the band I was like, hey, check this out. And they're like, oh my God, this is like a country pop song. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, what can we do with this, you know? Way <laughs> <Quite> faster. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Add a bit of this and that, a bit of kind of like palm muting, and there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punk rock as <and> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Mm. It was cool. Like I think that's what I really liked about playing as well. Like your perception of a song, you have it and then it's just like you give it to people and mm. it kind of a lot of the time it comes out better because it's just kind of like everyone else's kind of input, you know, and their vibe. They bring forward and then, yeah, kind of creates another sound altogether. So mm. that's fun. Legit. Mm. Would well, you want to play us a
1: track to kick things off with the uh, music? I don't
0: have any fun songs that I was going to play. Um,
1: was what playing. else? Uh, you were talking about your brother just then. Is that one? Yeah. You have one of those songs, maybe? I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll get out of the way so you can spread out that's the guitar a bit and stuff. Oh. That's so good. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
4: Ooh. The give the some. Give me
0: some breath. I'm going to have this on. Wait a second. Oh, my goodness. I thought we should
3: have prepared a bit better than that. I'm going to keep talking. So that it's entertaining while you're doing that. Okay, okay. You do that for me. Great.
1: I am so interesting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you are. <like>. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the,
1: what's the song about?
0: That you're um, so this song, it's funny. I think sometimes I used to write songs, you know. Mm. And like when I used to write stuff, it was like a subconscious kind of rant, you know. Mm. I used to think it was, like, really kind of, like, abstract. <laughs> and I'd be like, that's just, you know, a whole series of, like, words or whatever mm. and, like, just abstraction. But I think that when I kind of, like, wrote it and after I sang it, like, i connected with it more and it was like, oh, okay. Mm. Sorry, can I get you the for a sec? No. Thank you. I'm not succeeding in it. Okay.
1: Tapping sounds bad because there's a capo on it. But also, um, I'm not good at tapping as well.
0: Yeah, I've never been good at that either. So I started off playing bass and razor Like that was pretty much my instrument. But I would write all these songs. I don't know what's happening.
4: For the computer to load up. <laughs> should have planned ahead, but we showed up. <laughs>
3: yeah, nice.
4: Gonna find lyrics to your song. Making up some chords right now. We should add coffee to keep this power. <laughs> Hope we just get along. That round of the first bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it, I got it. <laughs> That's very beautiful. See my freestyling? It's dope. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Anyone would think that that was rehearsed. All right.
0: So yeah, I used to think that this song was kind of about my brother, and I'll tell you more about it afterwards. But okay. So yeah, this was recorded. It was uh, finger picked, but I'm not going to do that today. Um. a
1: bit rusty that's okay we'll warm up for the show yeah gonna say afterwards you said you told something afterwards
0: yeah so i guess like um i wrote that song specifically about my dad
1: yeah
0: um he had a few runnings in with the law Mm. and um yeah it was kind of like i guess i kind of was the older sister and i kind of did feel a little bit responsible for him growing up Mm. anyway so i thought that the song was about him you know like kind of talks about that and then you know the red white. um like her eyes are wide and blue, my sister's actually a police officer. So there's always been a bit of an interesting kind of dynamic between my family, you know. Mm, cops and robbers. Cops and robbers. <laughs> so, um, but I guess, yeah, like, I think I let, like I later realized um, that the song was about me and like, me being able to save myself, being in a toxic kind of environment from where I used to live growing mm. up, you know? So mm. that was kind of an interesting thing.
1: Epiphany. Yeah. When do you reckon you realise that, though, after huh. doing it for so long?
0: Um, I guess, like, I uh, I had an incident happen to me last year, um, which kind of, like, opened up a whole heap of stuff. Yep. Um, which included me kind of going to therapy, which is the best thing I've ever done. Mm, mm. Um, and I think in doing so, um, I learnt a lot about my frustrations and thinking it was about one thing, but I realised it was all about... You know just family dynamics and, and just how that kind of played
1: out
2: in my
0: everyday life with
1: other people so mm, mm. Yeah. yeah such a fundamental part of the human mm. condition that people don't always know about mm. psychology 101 really it's like the ground floor how your family affects how you relate <laughs> to everyone else yeah absolutely for mm.
2: sure so, yeah for me
1: my incident that was like the system shock was a pretty toxic relationship some my friends who are probably listening to this know about it um and like I'm not completely um what's the word in essence in like there's there's a lot of things I regret doing and behaving and whatever you know under that kind of giraffe like I saw parts of myself I'd never seen before like not just like um you know arguing and stuff in relationships and like a, a, a level that I'd never seen of myself before but um but like, there was a moment I was on my knees, like, wailing, like, absolutely wailing. And, like, the sounds coming out of me, I was like, oh, my God, I've never heard these noises before. And they're coming out of my body. Like, that's fascinating. It was, like, it was really, like, this has got to be rock bottom. This has got to be it, you know? So, like, sorry. They say that if it's
0: hysterical, it's historical, which I kind of, yeah, oh, I love yeah. that. It's it's totally,
1: like, relevant, I think, for sure. So nice, me. yeah. No, good, um... Uh, what's the word summarising it with a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good uh, yeah yeah but then I got into SLAR and codo and codependency work and did a lot of therapy and stuff as well and it's like uh, that's why that's why we attract that same kind of toxic relationship again and again until we
2: mm, mm.
1: it's like how do you win the same argument you've been having with your parent your whole life it's like you have to change you can't change the parent they're set in their ways at this point and every person who you pull in who's like them is probably not going to change either it's like okay what am i i'm trying to create this dynamic then that gives me a sense of self where i feel worthy it's subconscious isn't it it's kind of like Mm. you're
0: trying to kind of repair like all of this stuff that happened to you as a Mm. child and you're living it out and playing it out in your adult relationships and dynamics like Mm. super interesting Mm. like yeah (laughs) but it's cool like what's i don't know like i mean it's hard. And, you know, like when you're working through it, it's like, fuck, this hurts, you know? But like, Mm. I think that once you kind of come out of it and you kind of see it for what it is, it's kind of really liberating as well, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Being able to
0: understand like the crux of it and Mm. and just sort of be able to heal from it. And just, yeah, that's been really cool too.
1: Yeah, the understanding, because, you know, you sort of walk through life screaming, why? And so you're like,
0: why? And it's like,
1: after a while you're like oh that's (laughs) why the screaming goes away (laughs)
0: yeah yeah for sure it is but yeah so
1: that's actually I really appreciate that about you and meeting you and being in this relationship Is like you've also done the work and um like you're not screaming why on the inside in this in this domain anyway. <laughs> the domain too. No, it's like that might be a separate conversation. <laughs> but, um, I think I've done a lot of screaming in the past, but I think I'm not screaming anymore. So that's yeah. No,
0: yeah. I'm
1: so yeah, when you stop screaming, you get to meet someone else who's a non-screamer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Two of the fans. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we've done that codependency thing. So I think we have really good boundaries with not losing ourselves, like the enmeshment, mm. And it's like I just need time to do my laundry and like. Um, yeah, you know, you, you say you'll come home and do some stuff around the house, and I'm like, I know what you mean. Like, you don't have to tell me like exactly what you're doing. It's like, yeah, you get your life in order. Yeah, and it's yeah. I think we really make an effort not to um to lose ourselves, which is something that I probably did almost intentionally.
0: I was like, yeah, this is just
1: now. It's just about the it's relationship. Avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. To avoid. The, yeah.
0: The reality of just feeling that you just wanting to feel that hole, you know, mm. with something. I get that.
1: Mm. and if not drugs then a person for me it was it's like yeah I I can relate to that too for sure actually can I play a song I would love that I played about like getting back together (laughs) it's about and I guess that's like a sign that it didn't go well you broke up and then it's like no 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 come back I need to feel the hole like this yeah yeah yeah
2: this is
3: kind of
1: like If you're listening, not watching, I just smacked her on the
2: camera <laughs> to make sure <her> it go away. <laughs>
4: Sorry.
1: I saw a guy years ago and he goes, I'm just gonna play a little number. It's called Tuning On Stage.
3: <laughs> Which
1: I found charming.
4: second chance so much since my baby came back got sugar to give I got a pocket full of presents I learned my lesson that a woman's gotta be respected and oh, oh, oh we got a second chance second chance at I just want to make you happy Life day, yeah.
0: Like,
1: codependent songs these days. Uh, <laughs> They're fucking all codependent though, aren't they? Like yeah. every I saw a thing recently, it was probably on Instagram, they go, we've been trained to think that codependency is like love and romance. Yeah. Was that she your did. mate with the Angry Therapists yeah. partner you know, her Yeah name? um Vanessa Bennett. That's yeah. oh, right. I think it was Vanessa Bennett yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: she's right. Mm. But yeah it's um <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, what were you
0: saying? I I don't know, I just find it really hard to hear these days I think, you know, like mm. Listening to that stuff or just, you know, like Love Addictive stuff, like you were talking about Slut earlier Like, mm. um, you know uh, I was listening to a whole Heap of songs and then, you know, through Spotify, there was like All of this, you know, how Spotify Kind of like rates those songs and they find Songs that are similar to those songs mm. Mm. So, you know, like next my playlist From Spotify was all these COVID <laughs> Songs and like these love like y songs and I was just kind of like, oh my God.
2: Like, mm. I used to think it made for a great song, you know?
0: Mm. It's like, ah, oh, but it's just like, it's
1: mm. depressing. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, but that's, I think, you got to know the alternative. Like, what is interdependence? Like, what is like, not getting completely obsessed and enmeshed in relationships? Like, what is that? Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to go, don't, like this, you know, it's easy to tell a kid, like, don't touch the fucking, don't throw strawberries at grandma, it was like a joke I made, and it's like, but you didn't give me anything else to do, grandma's fucking just talking about global finance, and this is boring, you know, strawberries, grandma, ha ha ha, you know, it's, the kids are like, it's so terrified of being bored, that they'll just make up a game, anything you give them, you're like, here's a pencil and paper, they're like, cool, good for like two hours now, you know, maybe not, you know, you probably know better the actual time (laughs) in. but it's like know, 20
2: minutes. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but then like going like don't try strawberries at grandma but not giving them something else to do they're just like well fuck i guess i'll just piss my pants and you know it's like like what do we replace the codependency with it's like what does it look like to have healthy boundaries in a relationship where you don't get completely enmeshed and obsessed and lose yourself and like your mood is based on their mood that's mm. the codependent oh, trap it's like apparently. if you're not happy then i'm not happy so i'm going to manipulatively try to make you happy before anything has happened, before anything's, like, uh, come to the forefront. And it's, like, you're controlling them. You know, it's manipulative. It's control. It's, like, I'm going to try to preempt you being in a good place so that I can be in a good place. And, like, how fucking... Not just manipulative, but, like, how, like, likely is that to fail? As mm. well, like, people will get in bad moods sometimes. I you know. have
0: a question. Mm. Were you aware of that that manipulation... When you were doing it, because I think that a lot of people that are codependent don't realize what codependency is Mm. and they see themselves as the good person or the good Mm -hmm. guy. And it's like, well, I was just trying to help, Mm. you know, and it's kind of like, and a lot of people are a bit like that. It's like, you know, I'm European and so like my whole family dynamic Mm. is like that. Like everyone's codependent. And it's like, Mm. you know, I see that they see themselves as all these like good people and they are like fundamentally they are good people, but it's just like, I think that, yeah, there's, a, there's like this underlying control thing just for them to feel safe and, mm-hmm. and it's just like mm. that's become their norm. So I think a lot of codependent people don't always realise that there is a manipulation mm. or just maybe they're unaware of how they feel mm. um, and what they're doing to control that feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's been really interesting as well.
1: I think even giving advice um, is controlling and is codependent. Like totally. it's, it's, it's obviously a... um a symptom of codependency when you're trying to advise the people around you to be a certain way and to get involved in their affairs without letting them you know make the mistakes to learn themselves but even like um I you're talking about the midwives or whatever telling you oh you should be doing this you should be that and it's like they go I'm right and I'm telling you and then that gives them a sense of self as well And it's like so like hey look some people do it this way some people do it this way like um what you you saying again? Like the same.
0: I was just sort of saying that, like, yeah, when my daughter was born, um, you have to kind of take them into, like, see the midwives on a, like, weekly or fortnightly basis, whatever it was, I don't remember now. But, um, you know, they would be kind of checking weight and checking this and checking that. And a lot of the time you would go in there and you would feel like <laughs> uh, amongst these older midwife women that, you know, that you weren't doing enough or that you were doing the wrong thing. And obviously... You know, sometimes kids don't always develop the same at the same rate. Um, mm. You know, and you know, oh, they should be doing this at this week or you know, at this month they should be doing this, and it's just like, you know, well, I've had it. I've had my child looked at by a pediatrician. This is actually kind of normal. You know, and this is why. Mm. And it's like constantly having to justify yourself to these people, <laughs> mm. and it was just yeah, it kind of got a bit much for me. I think it was you know, mm. especially when you're tired. And, you know, you're, you're a new parent and you're sort
1: of trying to deal with that. Like, that was mm. tricky. It's not actually helpful. And, like, they think they're helping you. Yeah. But it's like that boomer thing of being right. No, no, no. I'm right and you're wrong. And I think also, uh, Gen X, you know, like our parents and just above and that. Sorry, just below. When someone was like, you're wrong. This is incorrect behavior. They went, yeah, that's true. And so it was, like, satisfying. Mm. Everyone was like, yeah, that's the correct way for this to play out. But it's like by going, you're wrong, I'm right. You're not going, hey, here's an alternative to throwing the strawberries at grandma. Here's a piece of paper and a pencil. Now you can entertain yourself so you don't have to come up with mischievous ways to entertain yourself that are actually antisocial behaviour or whatever. It's like correcting the behaviour instead of just criticising it. It's like new. This is new technology in parenting and psychology, and that's like, what are we going to replace the behaviour with? Um, Does the kid need to understand why you can't grab the pot off the stove instead of just like causing fear it's like maybe show them like this is what happens when you get burned with boiling water or you know like however least the least traumatic way to explain (laughs) it to them instead of just traumatizing them with fear of you and then uh, the thing with that is I've seen is this thing it's like we were all so traumatized by that kind of parenting that we all like sort of behaved really well like stand up straight sit stand behind your chair put on keep your shirt tucked in all this kind of compliant behavior but then everyone's got mental health problems Mm because we're all kind of suffering in silence and not saying what was going on and then now everyone's got like all these adult onset disorders and stuff because um that that way of parenting that i'm right you're wrong thing it did work for compliance and behavior but then everyone's crazy and the world's falling to pieces you know it's like yeah this is new technology with like replace the behavior with a good behavior like yeah, cool, don't smoke and drink and do drugs and go out to the casino all night and stuff, but, like, well-being, wellness, yoga, self-care, like, that's coming in as, like, this is the alternative, so.
0: And public communication, too, I think, you know, like, that's that's huge, like, I and mean, I'm, I'm definitely learning that as well, like, um, but, yeah, I think I said to you the other day, it's, like, you know, Europeans, I think that, you know, they kind of pride themselves in being, like, these amazing communicators. They kind of talk a lot, but like they're, not, <laughs> yeah. they're not very good at communicating. Actual, yeah. Mm. Like yeah. mm. so it's just it's, that's been interesting too. That's kind of the mm. but yeah.
1: Should we play some?
3: Sure.
1: Yeah. For you.
0: Um let me see. Ideas? Um yeah. So okay, so obviously I had a friend um that was kind of a bit messed up. I'm just gonna say Um, Yeah, uh, I guess the whole, you know, um, going down rabbit holes (laughs) um, and the whole state of the world and just, you know, with everything that was happening with COVID, like, you know, it it very much kind of divided a lot of people, I think. And so this song was kind of inspired by that, I guess. Um, It's called um, What Does the World Look Like Then? I don't remember how to play it. (laughs)
2: What the world, what the world's come to. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. So how did you go throughout COVID anyway? Like how did you deal with just, I guess, being in the one spot and just, you know, how, how everything kind of stopped for a bit? How was that for you? Uh,
1: I think because I'm an introvert, it was like, cool, now I'm going to do all <laughs> these
2: activities. <laughs> so, social isolation. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So kind of not a great example of how to
1: survive. Um, One of the the, um, streams of advice I don't give people. (laughs) When they ask, again, codependency, only when they ask. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I started studying. I was like, okay, well, I've got to do something constructive with my life other than play guitar in the bedroom. And um, like I had a piano, I was playing piano and nunchucks and stuff like all these little hobbies and watching a lot of jujitsu videos to absorb details and still feel like I was participating in that stream as well but uh yeah studying it was it was cool and like I haven't actually done any of my study undergrad with other people it was all online it was all in little forums like looking at things like if I did have a question I'd email the tutor and they'd get back to me like three days later and stuff at at best you know so it was like quite a lonely sort of existence and you know I failed a couple of subjects and I didn't know why you know they'd send you feedback on your assignments and stuff but it was kind of scribbled in the corner and I didn't really understand like what I was doing wrong academically so I struggled sometimes other times I did well other times I struggled and stuff so to be on zooms with a bunch of people who were all discussing the subjects and stuff like it it was a double-edged sword but it was it was cool to to move into that and to have shoots with other people and that like, sometimes it was like, shut up, you're 20, you don't know shit about reality. <laughs> but, like, other times it was like, oh, that's a good point. Like, or um, I don't agree with that, but now I have to weigh weigh this up within myself. Like, okay, that's one person's view on this that I think is fundamentally wrong, but where are they coming from? What, Why do they believe that? And why do I disagree with that? Oh, okay, where am I coming from? It's different to them. That I believe this, that's why we're in conflict or whatever, you know. Mm. So it was good like that. Um, it was also interesting to move into more the Active ingredients of counseling instead of just like the, the theories of psychology and stuff. It's like, really, it's like if you show up and sit with someone whether they're in distress, like that's the main thing, and like not judge them. Obviously, that's like one of the six necessary, sufficient conditions of person centered therapy. Is like, you know, if you turn your nose up at them, like, oh, come on, that's kind of your fault, just on your face, like just mm-hmm. the look on your mm-hmm. face being like, come on, dickhead, you, you know, you gotta know better than that. It's like, judgment yeah yeah when, when everyone's at that place in their journey like uh one thing i remember distinctly like a good mate of mine he was in like so much debt and he didn't have a job and he, he sort of hadn't finished school and he was like addicted to drugs and then some other guy's like oh let's go to jb hi-fi and then he came back he's like hey man look at all the shit i bought he bought like 100 bucks worth of dvds and i'm like aren't you broken in debt and don't have a job and and he's like oh i shouldn't have done it and i was just like, fucking idiot like it really pissed me off that he was so dumb but it's like he hadn't learned that lesson enough times to go oh, okay if I'm gonna go into a shop when I can't afford to maybe I shouldn't go in or like definitely don't spend any money and have like whatever his little game is to not get himself further into trouble like that's fucking his problem and like me judging him in that moment didn't make either of us a better person you know mm. you know what I
2: mean like
0: yeah, totally, totally yeah
1: Judgment's not like It's not good
0: for anyone, you know. Mm. mm. Yeah. I think Mm. it's interesting what you were sort of saying earlier about, um, you know, uh, with codependency specifically. Um, So, I guess, yeah, like, you know, I I definitely have been and obviously I'm sort of trying to work on that as well. So, it's just like, um, Mm. you know, showing up authentically and being a support, like a support instead of sort of trying to provide advice, I guess, as well. Mm. So... You know, like how you flip that. It's kind of like so. It's weird, I guess. Like, and it's interesting. Like a lot of my friends, whether or not they know it or not, they're definitely codependent or they've got those tendencies. Mm. So you know, like when I sort of started dealing with a lot of that stuff, uh, I have a friend, and uh, yeah, he was like, "How can I support you? How can mm. I support you?" Rather than be like just taking it and just sort of try, or or even just providing advice before it's even asked for. Mm. So I think that that's kind of interesting too. So it's just like yeah. Do you find it, like, with the counselling thing, so one thing I did watch with Vanessa Bennett, the um, mm. angry therapist's wife, was like, you know, she was talking about why it takes so long to become a therapist, and mm. she was sort of saying that a lot of the times it's about, you know, like listening, you know, mm. like listening and just listening <laughs> and yeah. not providing, you know, people sometimes just want to be heard and be able to just sample it stuff as well. Like, so, mm. Mm. like, yeah, did you find that was that, was that a thing for you at all? Like, did you find that difficult at all? Like, being... Like, doing that. Like, throughout what you've been doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And even now with this placement, um, I'm finding... Because, you know, how you kind of go, you say something, I say something, I say something, you say something. And even then, I was like, judgment? Um, blah, blah, like, do you have something to say about that? It's like, the conversation's feeding each other. I still struggle a little bit with, like... It's, sometimes it's better to just go, hmm... And then they go, oh, okay, he's not having a turn. And then they'll keep going. And they'll say something that I was not expecting because their train of thought is not just the topic that they were talking about. The train of thought is like the subtopics of that. So like they're talking about their partner, for example, they're talking about their partner. And it, I could go, yeah, well, you know, relationships, blah, blah, blah. And then I keep it about partners and relationships. But in talking about their partner, they also go, I mean, I've got to like blah, blah, blah about myself. Or, you know, the next topic for them is to go into their own hobbies and their own needs and stuff like that which makes sense like but if I if I interjected with like yeah you know relationships blah 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 and made it about that they wouldn't be able to go deeper into the next thing and it's like I can't yet predict when is a good time to say nothing and when is a good time to say something I'm still kind of like managing that and it's probably earlier in the session it's good to go yeah totally I'm on the same page as you yeah totally I'm on the same page as you and once that's been established and they're like ah cool you're on my team, you're not judging me and you want me to just like explore my own thoughts and feelings, that then later it's easy to just go, hmm, and they go, yeah, he's listening. What else? And then they keep talking as opposed to I talk, you know. Yeah. So that I'm still getting the hang of. Like when do they need a nudge to be guided and when is it just like shut up and let them like go, "Uh, it's still my turn, Mm
0: -hmm. you know. i would got to say that you're a pretty good listener. Huh? <laughs> 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 you are though. Like I think so. Like, yeah. Top. So. That's okay. Would you like to play a song then? Okay. Okay, what's this song?
1: Should I do cowboy in the desert or standing up to bullies?
3: <laughs> um Standing Up to Bullies. Okay. Just because I like inside. Mm.
0: Do you have a pick? Oh, a pick.
1: <laughs> you were fiddling with them. I know, I
0: was <laughs> I my pocket at them.
1: Yeah. And that's how it. I roll. Yeah, I bet you stole everyone's
0: lighters. When you're <laughs> Dude, I was
1: that girl. Yeah, cool. Alright, I'm good. This song's called Supplicate. The word supplicate means to bend your will. Like to bend the knee in the Game of Thrones sense to somebody. And, um, yeah, there's a dude, he has a massive dick. Like his name was Dick and then his, his name. So if it was Mike, it was like Dick Michael, people called him like Dick Michael. If it was my name? Which is hilarious, but, um,
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I, just, I sort of tried to get along with him a couple of times. And then there was a incident. He sort of made a joke and I was like, is that a joke? Like, I was like, well, I don't see the joke. And he was kind of trying to go like, I'm cool. I do cocaine. And I was like, Like I just sort of didn't But he's trying to be cool He's like yeah cocaine (laughs) I'm cool And I was like What's the punchline? Like I didn't get it And then he just looked furious Like he just looked angry And I was like Whoa And like now As I got older It's like that's narcissistic injury He's like give me accolades And I'm like What are you talking about? And he's like Ah fuck you Give me the accolades Like so So he's like turned on me At that point Because I didn't laugh at his joke right? But honestly I was like Where's the the punchline? Like what the fuck? Where's the joke? Um, But uh, I noticed other people like, nah, he's a massive dick or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I've not been in the knee of this guy. Like, if that's the only, if that's the way to get jujitsu around here, like, I'm going to find another way. Like, I'm not going to learn. I don't want to have to fucking indulge this person's ego. Oh, ha, 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 every class and shit. It's like, nah, fuck it. There's got to be another way. And there sure was. It took me 12 more years, but <laughs> there's always another way.
4: High self esteem. <laughs> Excuse me. For confidence, well, it hides worthlessness. I believe in myself so I can change the past. And I am careful of these mentors I see. Can you be good enough to teach me? But I try I try to bite the bullet. Oh, I try.
1: Sang the lyrics from the start. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: Reveal. So
0: good.
1: Have you ever been bullied?
0: Um. Yeah, I have. It's uh, I don't know. Like I've had moments, you know. Um. Yeah, I guess like uh, <laughs> my first my first incident I think I remember I was probably in year seven, and um, you know, uh, I probably was riding into martial arts back then, but it was more self taught. So, um, there was a girl and she was just kind of like, we were standing in line and she just sort of tried to push me. And I think I swept her leg. Ah, <laughs> I was like, I fucking <laughs> me. And I think she was completely shocked by it because I was kind of quiet and I was just sticking to myself. But I was like, I'm bigger than you. Like, are you serious? Like, what are you doing? But I think the fact that I stood up to her kind of, yeah, shocked her yeah. a little bit. So that was kind of cool. But, um. Mm. Yeah, I think that, look, um, mostly it's been words, I think, if if anything's happened and, Mm. you know, like more so like workplace bullying, you know. um, Mm. I used to work in hospitality quite a bit and I think that within the hospitality industry um, there are a lot of people that probably aren't happy with their lives a lot Mm. of the time, you know. Um, You know, they probably wanted better stuff happening in their lives and, you know, they're they're at this, you know, place and they're working in a 12-hour shifts and yeah. they're just not happy you know and so they kind of just take out all of their stuff on on the people there and mm. yeah so um i did have one i did have one person that that was doing that and i um it was actually at a friend's cafe and i just yeah i actually asked her about it i was i just kind of got no i had enough of her kind of just giving it to me and it wasn't even smart like half the stuff she was saying you know? i was just like so what's going on you know and i Because I pulled her up on it. She literally stormed out. Mm. And then it was kind of like... She resigned. I think just the confrontation. Like, she wasn't expecting anyone to kind of, like... Stand up to her about it or just pull her up on it. And so, Mm. yeah. It was cool. Like, I mean, it went on for a little while beforehand. I wasn't, like, super affected by it. But I was just kind of like... I'm here to work. Like, I don't want to be dealing with that sort of stuff. Yeah, legit. But I think, yeah, it's really important to sort of speak up. and, And sort of say something. Because... You know, sometimes it's kind of like it's not even about you most of the time it's about their shit and mm. their inability to deal with that and you know they just sort of see someone minding their own business or or you know maybe they see something in you that reminds them of themselves and it's Usually, just like yeah, yeah or mm. someone that they grew up with or whatever it is, like it's never really about you and I think mm. that once I actually understood that, like it was a lot easier to deal with, deal with people and mm. their shit just in general I think Hmm. Yeah. How about
1: you? Yeah, I try to own parts of myself that are offended by the bully as well. It's like, um, uh, as you know, and some people who been listening, I just left my job again, and it's like, um, am I the one who's being a dick? Am I the one making a mountain out of a molehill? Like trying to take away whatever I could, and maybe that's a codependent, like internalizing it, making it your fault and stuff as well. But it's like, why am I so triggered by this person? And it's, um, with with the person I wrote the song about, and. This uh, recent thing—it's kind of a similar thing. It's like I'm not going to do what you want, like, and it's—you know—I think also in their sick little twisted way of controlling the people around them. Even if you do go along with what they're trying to make you do, that doesn't help either. Like, that doesn't satisfy the hole in them that can't be filled. But they're trying to—they're trying to fill it by being controlling or whatever to reduce their anxiety. But like, control doesn't reduce anxiety. Yeah. Like, you just wake up anxious and dehydrated. And it's probably more about that. It's probably more about not taking care of yourself that makes somebody anxious. It's like, I don't have enough vitamins in my body to be like, ah, I'm okay. I'm not eating enough protein. I'm eating like bread and sugar and stuff that's like, oh, well I've eaten. And it's like, no, you haven't. You haven't put vitamins and nourishment in your body. So you feel like something's wrong and you're looking for threats because something's wrong. But the something's wrong is like not enough water. How much alcohol are you drinking? You know, is your work life balance off and it's like fuck I'm just unhappy but I'm pretty sure like what'll make me feel better is if I control the people around me and it's like no that doesn't Mm. (laughs) that's not it but you can't go like hey dude are you eating bread (laughs) what the fuck are you getting at cheese on bread is the only thing that matters and it's like no yeah you are what you eat though right like Mm.
0: seriously like yeah people don't get that a lot of the time
2: hmm
1: okay (laughs) I wanna go again. Do you need to charge? No, just it, it records in anyway. Cool, we good. Cool. Hopefully it got the whole bit of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about bullying. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's similar to your story, there's a guy that used to bully me in like year nine or ten, and like I think he was just hyperactive, like he had ADHD or something, or one ADD or one of those. And um he was just always like in my face and stuff and I think he was just entertaining himself for like getting that energy out that he didn't know where to put anywhere and one day, I think I'd had a bad night or something and I was just like, just shoved him and he fell off his chair and as he hit the ground he was like, you bastard like this snivelling coiled up little, and I was like oh, how the mighty have fallen, like there was a real in the power power shift there there's a, a friend I was training in um Training with, and she push kicked her dad like they were having some altercation, and like she goes, "I kicked him and he fell on the bed." And I go, "Did you feel in that moment like you became the daddy?" And she's like, "100." percent Yeah, <laughs> like, I can this is, to that this yeah. Energy transfer, you're like, "Ah, yeah. oh, the, the power shifted, damn." Yeah. yeah, but what
0: was his rebuttal to that? I wonder. Like,
1: I don't know. There was another. Yeah. There, he was in the back of a cop car calling her, going, "Like you fucking!" Bitch. Oh like, my god! Like, <laughs> was, obviously didn't fix the whole thing, but um, yeah. it was a great story. Um, yeah. Uh, was I getting at? Yeah, the power shift, though, is, like, as you said, when you call them on it, it's like, oh, okay, you can't just keep getting away with this dynamic anymore. It's like, hey, you're kind of being, like, dominant is the underlying energy transfer. And they're like, oh, okay, hang on, fuck. Is that not all right? Like, it makes me feel better when I'm the main one. Like, I'm the main character. And you're like, hey, hey, you're actually not the main character. They're like, oh, shit. Like, it's just a system shock. And she obviously quits. She's like, oh, I can't handle this. If, like, if I don't get to be the main character, then, like, I need to be somewhere else where I can pretend I'm the main character, you know?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It,
2: I mean. just,
0: it just makes me... That's well, it's funny. So one thing that a friend said to me, um, and it's like, you know, we're, we're all the same. Like, we really are all the same, I think, mm. you know? Um, and it's like, I, he, he said, he goes, I used to think I was super special, like, you know, because of this and the other. But, like, the way we react and respond to trauma, um, you know, or just conflict, or whatever it is, it's just, like, our reactions. It's yeah. pretty textbook. So I think that was really
2: interesting as well It's kind mm-hmm. of work,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see so then in that instance, it's like, did she feel like you were bullying her? And so she's like, I can't do this and quit. And it's like, in my like little beefs with people I've worked with, you know, I bowed out gracefully. And like, especially that first time I was like, I'm going to land on my feet wherever I end up. I don't know if that dude has the social skills to do that. Like the best thing is for me to leave and he'll be here with his one friend and the boss who's never there, who tolerates the complaints and stuff like that, it's just like mm. you're actually going to be okay if you stay here and I'll be okay anywhere so I should leave. And same, this time I was like I'll fucking land on my feet. I don't think there's really any hope for that person at the workplace I just left. Like, and I think that's actually why they're there is that my boss is like, if I don't look after you, codependency, mm. who will? Like, It's kind of your you're mess and it's not really going to work out if I'm not looking after you. And there's obviously enough love there that Um, they care about that person enough to go, I'm just going to fucking take one for the team and deal with the complaints and deal with the conflict that arises from having someone around who's damaged in the way that they need to create a lot of conflict and and can't help it. But uh, what I was saying before was, it's like, did that person think I'm the bully? Like, he's not doing what I want. He's making me uncomfortable. My anxiety is higher because of you not complying with my will. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can't help you, dude. Like I c I can't stand to bow to you. I can't. That's that song's like, you know, I tried to swallow my pride. I really did try to go along with this. And it's like I can't, like, and if I can't sleep and I'm not eating and I'm so anxious that I can't concentrate, it's like my well-being is off that I can't function. Like, I'm sorry, I can't help my boss or this workplace or whatever. It's like, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. And it's like maybe once upon a time I would have been willing to compromise all those things and be on well. But at this point in my life, I'm like, I don't I need that, money that, that badly. Yeah. I love
0: that. You know, that's self-care too, I think, as well. You know, mm. like just kind of like, how is this making me feel? How Am I showing up? What am I doing? You know, like how is this affecting my everyday life? Yeah. Other yeah. relationships that I'm having with people? Like mm. all of that stuff as well. So I think that it takes mm. a lot of courage to be able to do that too. You know? mm. And like, yeah, I was always sort of trying to fix in my past you know like there would be this thing with people sometimes where i'd always sort of try to fix those dynamics and even though i knew that they were hurting me i'd still want them to be you know like this whole people pleasing thing like Mm. i wanted them to like me or i wanted to you know Mm. and it's just kind of like to my detriment like how is that bringing me peace like i'm the one that's fitting into a box to accommodate this and it's not making me happy like Mm. So I think it's it's interesting. I think a lot of people do that. It's just kind of like, oh, it's easier to just kind of play along. Is it? Is it really? Like, rather than just kind of walking away, like, mm. you know, so.
1: And I don't know, what's the... Because, you know, like, boomers would be like, no, you just got to, like, carry on, carry on, keep on keeping on. Like, you know, you're not going to like everyone you work with and stuff. And it's like, when does it become I can't sleep? And it's like, okay, we'll take sleeping pills. Like, stop being a little bitch about this and stuff. And when is it, like... You should just bite your lip, you know, stiff up a lip, and other times it's like, no, nah, this is really affecting my relationships around me and mm. ability to function and stuff.
0: I think, yeah, I, there was something I was sort of saying to you earlier. Like, I think that it's very much like, you know, and I, I don't know about, like, everywhere else. Actually, probably not in Europe. I think that Europeans are very direct, like, I found that with, like, Germans and French like, they just, if they're not happy, they'll just tell you. You're like, it's like, no, no. <laughs> Even Italians, like, you know, like, actually, like, from Italy and stuff. Um, I think Australians, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, that's okay. That's just how they are. Or, you know, you kind of go to work and it's kind of this acceptable thing, like, that you've got to put up with a lot of bullshit. Like, mm. and it just becomes part of the culture. Like, you know, so you kind of feel bad because you're not mm. kind of playing the game as well because, you know, you should be... You know and it's probably the whole boom thing too, but like it, you should be kind of like able to tough it out or whatever. Like, but I think that, yeah, doing the opposite of that and, and, and looking after yourself, I think that that is awesome. High five, ah, thank <laughs> you. Positive reinforcement,
1: as I was saying, what you know, positive is the way to to teach and learn. And yeah, you've actually done that for me heaps as well. Like, you're like Yay,
2: good boy. yeah, I'm like, I feel good about this behavior you now, I
1: feel good about it. You know? yeah. There's a time um, my brother and I had the shop like I had Campbell MMA at the bottom in here, Campbell Music School at the top, like up the stairs. And it's cool, like I got a few um, students from him and vice versa, like some, I think even still, he's got some of my ex-students. Um, but he'd always like come in in the morning, eat some stuff and then go upstairs. And like outside, out of mind, the bowls were still, the dishes were still in the sink and stuff. And like, I'd be like, dude, can you actually do dishes before you go upstairs or like, don't come down and get the fridge and then just dump your plates and cups and sh- Like, can you wash them before you, like, wash them straight away? You know, like, because they'd be talking and just go, And then, like, they'd be there all day and every time I use the sink, I'd be like, motherfucker, like, it just bother me? <laughs> and it's like, that's the thing. Someone goes to work and they leave the shit in the sink. Whoever's at home is like, you know, it's, but the, the person who left it there, it's gone. Like, they've just forgotten it's gone forever. And you, you either have to do it yourself or you have to, like, wait till they get home and, like, be steaming about it all day and pull them up on it, you know? Yeah, one of my bosses said so that he is. You've either got to nag the shit out of him or just, like, do it yourself, you know, and just, like, go. It's only bothering me. Like, I'll just do it now. But uh, my brother one day is cleaning his bowl, and I'm like, who's my guy? Who's my guy? And, like, he's, like, got this big awkward grin, he's like, I am, I am. It was, like, such obvious positive reinforcement. But it totally works. Like, it was, like, cute. That's you doing?
3: That's
2: cute. <laughs> so is.
0: That's cute. That's kind Mm. of cool. So talk to me about BJJ. I know it's something that you love, that you're passionate about. So talk
1: to me about that. Fuck, it could be all all day. What do you you want to know?
0: (laughs) I want to know how it makes you feel when you teach.
1: Teaching, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Well, they say those that cannot do teach. You can do, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, from being a competitor, from being like... And like, when my ACL popped, it literally, the next thought it was like, bang. And my opponent heard it as well. He was like, (gasps) dude. And I was like, dude. Like, it was, it was loud, right? And the ref was like, yeah shit, because it was, like, a leg reap. I didn't know what that was at the time, but leg rips were illegal. I think they're still legal in IBJJF, but, like, they're also quite legal in a lot of competitions now. And it's, uh, it's kind of like people's preferred attack for the heel hook submission, which is probably the most dangerous one, is to get into the position and do the most dangerous move. That position is why I lost my ACL, and it's also the purpose of the heel hook is to attack the knee, you know? So, um, yeah, the moment it pops, though, I was like, okay, I'm never going to be in the UFC. That was the next thought in my head. Because, like, I really believed it was going to be white belt. I was going to win the Pampax, which is where I lost it. And then I would get my blue belt, and then I'd keep competing at blue. And then when I get my purple belt, I'd start fighting MMA. That was always my plan, right? And, like, I've lost the kind of... Uh, the desire to prove everybody wrong. That I've lost that, like... I kind of, I kind of, and I don't know if that's from being humbled by those experiences or if it's just age. It's like my hormones are like less yang, less testosterone. I'm like, yeah, you know, life's pretty good. Like what's the difference either from achieving, like, and just being like, oh no, actually like I'm a worthy person. You know, like in the song before I was like the confidence hides worthlessness or whatever. And I've been trying to fill that hole. And uh, now we know like intrinsic value is, is how you feel whole, not from external validation and you know the the people pleasing and stuff's like trying to get external approval to fill the hole and stuff but as i said with the bullies like even when they are having dominance over someone and they feel power and that it doesn't fill the hole it's like it hits the spot but it's like oh no i still feel worthless i still feel like i need other people to to dominate to feel good about myself you know it's the same as people pleasing it's like i need other people to feel better you know Uh, What was I saying? Worthlessness, helplessness, um, intrinsic value. Yeah. So I reckon I get a huge sense of intrinsic value from teaching and mentoring and like seeing other people progress. And it's like this vicarious moment where they're not looking at me, not giving me uh, approval, but I can see they're doing something better than they used to. And I'm like,
2: yes. It's like, yeah, you. You you like to see people win. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even a micro battle, like, oh, you used to lose that micro battle and now you're winning it. It's like it made a difference you know and it's and and I, you could say that's external approval as well but it's it's also like I'm happy for them that's what makes me feel better it's like that's beautiful yeah yeah that's, that's special. <laughs> really. not better, it's what makes me feel good it makes me feel joy in the same way that it's like if you if you take the five dollar note to the underside of a park bench right and then only homeless people would like be looking around on the ground there and they go oh like, people who aren't homeless wouldn't be looking there. And it's like, that dude's never going to, or that girl's never going to um thank you for that. But it's like, you know that someone who really needs it would get the $5 note, you know? Yeah.
0: That's lovely. <sighs> and for
1: yourself? Jiu-jitsu? Yeah. It's fun. And, like, it's so hard that 13 years later, minus pandemic, right, minus, like, one year, so 12 years later, I'm only just, like, oh yeah, okay. I think I can kind of do this now. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's still kinda. It's like, I do not deserve a black belt. I don't know if I'll ever feel like I'm an expert. I'll ever feel like I'll be a black Why girl. do
2: you
1: say that? I feel it's the opposite of that Dunning-Kruger effect. Like you, you know, people who are dumb don't know they're dumb. And it's like, you don't know how little you know about medicine to be having an opinion on vaccines. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that's the most popular grab. Sorry to anyone who's like very triggered by that and like very anti-vax or whatever. I'm sure you have your reasons, I'm sure you have your convictions. It's probably family as well and friends and like feeling a part of that so I don't want to undermine those connections you have to other people but it's like it's not until you know a lot about medicine that you realize like how little you know about medicine. It's the same with Jiu Jitsu. It's like the more you know the more you're like fuck I don't know shit about this. There's so much stuff to learn and constantly Black belt world champions are using new stuff and everyone's like, oh, fuck, what's that? Like, even the high-level black belts are like, what the fuck did he just do? What did she do? And trying to figure out the new stuff that's coming in. So, like, it's, it's like, impossible to be an expert. There was a dude, um, and he was a champion. He was, like, he won all shit. He went and did jiu-jitsu with some new guys and, like, he took off his black belt and he was like, no, I don't know any of this new shit. Wow. And, like, demoted himself to purple in this, and was humbled in this gym rep which is also reminiscent of, there was a thing, a bunch of traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu guys went over to Brazil, and they were like, what the fuck, you guys reckon you're black belts in jiu-jitsu? What the, you know, wear black belts, like wear the Japanese federation of jiu-jitsu, like a Japanese jiu-jitsu and that. And the Brazilians were like, yeah, come in, whatever. And they, they fucking trained with them and they're showing them all these like, really intricate ground fighting techniques. And judo is the ground fighting and traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, more ground fighting than standing, you know, misnomer that there's no standing because there's a lot and there's even strikes in the traditional um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu system as well. But so all these Japanese guys came over, they trained with the Brazilians and they were like, okay. They took off their belts and they were like,
3: Wow. Yeah,
1: this is new shit. That is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, the Gracie's and the Machado's in Brazil, because they were like these little families of superheroes trying to outdo each other. Like, it's like you, your brother, and your sister are all doing this martial art. You always beat your brother with the armbar. After a while, he's like, nah. And then you're like, fuck, I need a new technique. And so then you come up with a shoulder lock to beat him. And, you're like, <laughs> and he's like, ah, fuck, now i got to learn how to defend the shoulder lock. He starts protecting his shoulder. Because they were in these little families countering each other and coming up with ways to beat each other. The system developed a lot, you know, just these little personal... Sibling rivalries and stuff yeah. like that over the last like hundred years. It's like so of course the Japanese dudes are like, oh shit, this is like, this is miles from where we were, you know. Yeah. So all oh, that's fascinating as well. Like I love seeing the progression of martial arts in general, as well as in my students, in myself, ex-students, you know, like a lot of people who I used to teach and now, you know, what do they say? Um, till your idols become your rivals. It's like that, like that. People who idolized me, and and you know, one dude's like, I still look up to you, and I was like, Oh, that's weird because I look up to you now. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's that's cute, yeah, yeah. Like, I got him off the ground, like, yeah, okay, now you can fly, and they're like, now better at flying than I am, and shit. I'm like, yeah. oh, t- Wait, come back here, Show <laughs> me what you're just doing. you just know, did. They're teaching me stuff, you know, yeah. it's pretty cool, yeah, that's
0: awesome.
2: Mm.
1: It's, it's special, like that, too, the long term friendships. Oh, and it's totally, like, yeah. martial arts is like
0: that family, you know, like, definitely. That's what's been good about it for me as well. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I think I've just been really lucky. to Kind of like, I mean, that there have been clubs where or people where you're not always kind of like go with, but for the most part, the people that I've met along the way have been pretty awesome and inspirational. And lucky, I've had a mentor and stuff like. And even though I don't really speak to him much anymore, just because you know life, <laughs> children, yeah. all yeah. of those things, um, I still consider him one of the, the, the people that kind of made me where I am. like, sure, you know, they orchestrated. Mm. I don't know, I just, yeah, like, I found myself through through being around him and mm. even, you know, my, my love for the sport, so it was cool.
1: Yeah, um, so not everyone knows you did a lot of Taekwondo. Um, <laughs> tell me, when did you, what, was it having a kid and stuff? Why did you stop competing? Why would you stop training? Um,
0: oh, so, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> I guess I started, so I've always been into martial arts, like I kind of like grew up watching a lot of like Bruce, Bruce Lee films, Bandana films. Steven Seagal! <laughs> oh wow, like yeah, it was cool actually. Like Michael and I were watching Blood Sport the other day. <laughs> Brought back a lot of memories. Yeah, really. it was so cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, I kind of like grew up watching a lot of like violent, like martial art films. And like I remember being like a kid, like six or seven. Like in my lounge room, kind of like watching Bruce Lee and then just kicking and like trying to do like roundhouse kicks and stuff. <laughs> it was kind of cute. But that wasn't until I was 14 and I started karate. So I did that first and then um, did that, yeah, for a few months uh, and then like stopped and then I started again when I was 16. And um, I found taekwondo through a friend at school. She was like training and um, I started training with her. And that was really cool, and look, I loved it. Like I was built for martial arts. I think you know, like I'm hypermobile. At you know, like I loved kicking sports and I loved boys sports, and you know, I loved it. It was just cool, and you know, I met all these really amazing people. So from that, I guess I started doing some tournament biking and mm. I did two tournaments in that time. So um, I stopped because I I was about seventeen, I think something like 18 Had a lot of family stuff happening around that time. I moved house and it just wasn't easy for me to get to and from training. And I think just Mm -hmm. my mental state, like I wasn't, I wasn't in a place to Mm -hmm. be training at the time. But I mean, like on and off throughout my life, I'd kind of keep going back to martial arts. So I ended up doing, you know, kickboxing. I did a bit of kung fu, and then the latest thing that I was doing was Krav Maga, and it was cool actually. So yeah, I moved back to a town well close to the town that I grew up in, and uh, I started training with a girl I went to school with, high school with, which is really awesome. And she's amazing, and she also does um, jits as well. So, right. yeah, so, um, yeah, I started training with her, then I fucked my knee. So <laughs> mm. I can't wait for it to heal so I can kind of get back into it. And, yeah, like, and through meeting you, I guess, and mm. watching you, like, I guess so, yeah, like some of the people that I trained with back in the day, they got into BJJ. And um, I remember when, like, his name's Heath, he's like, oh, I'm going to show you these moves, like, check this out. And I was like... It's just too close for comfort. Like, just that kind of, like, it was really nice. intimate sport. I think, you know, for a young girl, it was kind of a bit like, ah, get away it? from me. Like, your crotch is... It was just a bit much. Like, yeah. I was just I didn't know how to deal with that. Mm. But to be honest, like, if I could go back in time and tell my younger self then I'm like, fucking learn this. Because, like, this is going to help any female in any predicament if she's ever taken to the ground. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, Man. so I don't know, like sort of seeing you do it, and I think as well my appreciation towards BJJ since being with you, mm. like just you know, like it's such a game of chess, you know, mm. like just mm. everything, and there's just a lot more to it than you mm. know rubbing yourself up against. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Calm> down I know, <laughs> uh,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, there was
1: um the, when I was at Melbourne and at the black belt that was there, he goes, um, yeah, it's not like the bigger, tougher, stronger, more aggressive person wins this is like when I just started in the years it's like if you train more often you can overtake people like not not necessarily belts but it would just get better than them and he goes like and the coolest thing is like you can outsmart them I remember him saying that like you can outsmart people and I was like "Ooh, what do you mean yeah. but it's like you can set traps you like you stick your arm out and they're like haha I'm gonna grab it and then you do something like you use the arm to lure them yeah it's like ah okay yeah it's this more of a
0: thinking thing I think you know Hmm. It's your turn. Ah, it's my turn to play. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I do don't do? know how. How um this. Actually, I'm wondering whether or not I should just do a cover. Okay. Um. So I am a huge fan, huge fan of um Solomon Burke. Um, and Cry to Me specifically. Um. And I don't know if I'm going to play this well. So I apologise if I fuck back it up. Um, yeah, it's the song. Everyone knows this song probably from Dirty <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to try it. <laughs> when you're baby. I'll again. <laughs> when you're
1: <laughs> I'm no workman. Blames so Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I'm just out of practice. I'll be honest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mm. that shit. Mm. We're good. Mm.
1: Why well, do you like that song?
0: Why? Yeah. Um. I. So I really got into. Um, uh, I guess like yeah. So I got into Northern Soul and like Otis Redding and Solomon Burke. I think mm. I've that. That vibe. Um. You know, it's just really classic and just, yeah, I don't know. Like, the melody of the song is fantastic. Like, and I love how, um, just how low, like, you can kind of get, I'm really shit at getting low. I'm, mm. I'm like, my, my voice is quite high, so it's always a challenge to sing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's just an awesome melody. It's cool. Mm. And the scene, come on, the scene in Debbie da dare da sing like, it's a, it's a pretty sexy scene, yeah? So that, that obviously makes it for, you know, what it is, so, yeah. It helps
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> we had this um, thing at deadly moves one night when campbell music school was deadly moves that's like my brand and um someone mentioned that dirty dancing time in my life and so like <laughs> the students were trying to do it for ages so like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for ages, ages and, ages. and there was like a bit of a moment where it was like he made him sold her up and it was like three Oh, oh shit! Like <laughs> that's that's fine. That's enough. That's
3: enough. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Did you face nah, he like put it down. A bit. But yes. it was like she couldn't like trust enough to do the full extension. Like she couldn't like You're just go. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm in the air. He's got me. And so she was like trying not to fall every time. And then it was like finally she managed to do the extension enough for him to sort of lift her and then just go. Nah, I'm gonna drop you and put it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Mm. Do you want to play a cover? Yeah, let's do that. Cover. Now I'm gonna play another one for mine. Okay. Um, question. Yes. Texas is nowhere near Memphis, isn't it? I don't think so. I don't think it is, but I rhyme Texas with Memphis. Okay. Then I'm pretty sure they're not. It's <laughs> oh, a long drive. Okay. It, let's it pretend. Let's pretend
0: are neighbours.
1: It's yeah. yeah. Everyone who's listening and
0: it's watching. It's America, though. I mean,
1: This is called Sunset Road does anyone play guitar and this dude's like yeah and i was like do you play lead guitar and he's like all right <laughs> he just got up and played over it and i it was sick it was fucking sick like he was a sick guitarist and shit that
3: is awesome. oh, well. yeah
1: so that's not really about anything that's some bullshit <laughs> i like i
0: like the whole kind of like yeah the intro and stuff the uh, and then that that section where you kind of like the like talking at the start of like oh that's cool Just do a real
1: bit yeah. of talking yeah. it's meant to be a bit of a cliche yeah you know? <laughs> uh-huh. very cool <laughs> you <laughs> know like in eighty songs they have the talking bit in the middle like yeah it's the same man you're gonna fight with <laughs> to, that, the, you, that man you fought with this morning The same man you're gonna make love to tonight <laughs> that's truth that's love breathy <laughs> like talking bit in the middle yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Can you name a song that's happening? I'm just trying. What's that song? I can't remember. Uh, uh-huh.
1: That's I've been undressed by kings and I've seen some things.
4: I've been to paradise.
1: That was the, that was the one I was referencing the talking bit.
0: Uh, I love cheese. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cheesy. So I remember many years ago, someone was like, "What's the difference between a hammy movie and a cheesy movie?" And we're all like, "Oh, ham and cheese." <laughs> like, What's
4: like, a hammy film? I don't
1: know. I guess like Naked Gun thirty three and a third is my yeah. hammy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and, I used to love that. Yeah, that Naked Gun was hammy. Yeah. And cheesy is more like where they're being serious, but it's cheesy. I guess like bad boys. Yeah, it's yeah. cheesy because it hits all the right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: Cute. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Favorite 80s action comedies? <laughs> action comedies. Uh, so I used to get into. I, I used to love
0: Arnie. Arnie's like such a bad actor, but I love Arnie <laughs> because of the bodybuilding thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, kindergarten. What was it Kindergarten oh, Cop? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Commando, even though that wasn't like a funny film. There were bits of but like, I think it's, oh, we watched one recently actually Twins. Ah, yeah. Oh. That's cheese. Yeah, right? that is cheesy. That's cheesy. Exactly. <laughs> They're being serious with the cheese. Yeah, um. I love that. Um. So, yeah, I kind of got into all of those and I loved Eddie Murphy as well. So, mm. like, Beverly Hill Cop. Yeah. You know, my dad, my dad was like right into like all of that stuff, like he would be into all the 80s martial art films and like comedy films and stuff like that. So it's, it's funny, you know, like my mum. All right. So my dad is kind of like into Akkadaka, ACDC, you know, and he was like into country. So I kind of love my Johnny Cash through him and mm-hmm. Dolly Parton and a bit of Kenny. Yeah. Okay. I knew that out there. But my mum's kind of like into all the cheesy kind of disco stuff. So like ABBA, I can't handle, I can't handle. And not saying that they're great musicians, like, because they are. They were great at what they did. But I think all I heard was just her voice over the top being really loud. And so like, now I hear a song and I can't help but just go there, you know. So, um, yeah. But I think that's the same with like, yeah, he had, the, he had the kind of like, his likes for film and cinema and just music. Like, I definitely kind of got more of an inspiration from him, I think, mm. than my mum. But, yeah. 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 How about yeah.
1: you? Yeah. Favourite cheesy or, like, comedy film in the 80s or whatever? Well, I had be kindergarten cop on VHS. Like, I taped it off the TV or whatever. So I watched that so many
0: times. It's
1: yeah. not a tuna. Yeah, yeah, and earlier, I made um He always like about tuna. He's like, it's not a tuna. Like he thinks that that's hilarious, and I'm like, fuck, man, I've heard that joke so many times over the years, and it's still funny. Yeah, it gets me every if time. you're watching this, he's laughing. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Oh, and there was a thing um uh, when I went out for drinks with the the students, yeah. And um, Caleb got a martini. Like, and he was like, you know, we took all these photos of him sipping his martini and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the group chat, I was saying something. I was like, you can put tuna in it. It's called a martuna. <laughs> um, like, and were all like, what? But it's from um, Oh, hello. It was a show on um, Netflix. And it's like, uh, anyway two comedians doing like the bit and then they keep on like doing this thing too much tuna and it's like a joke or it's a prank for it. <laughs> it's too much tuna <laughs> but then at some point they're martini with tuna and it's it's called a martuna like, oh, <laughs> <hilarious." laughs> of course all the kids in the chat were like what what are you talking about this is stupid here. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm pissing myself at home like <laughs> my anyway do you think the comedy is like one of those things that like when you're younger, you don't really get it as much, or you're just not open to it as much. Like, mm. you kind of have your, your inside jokes. But I think that... So it's interesting. Like, I never used to watch stand-up. I never used to do all that sort of stuff. I'd appreciate, you know, comedy, like, film. Mm. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, stand-up. And even just jokes and stuff and watching people do it, like, going to that. So that's something that you've introduced me to, and mm. I really enjoy it. And I think it's cool, because I, you know, I... I I think that I've spent a lot of my life being very... I mean, even though I'm, you know, happy-go-lucky and stuff, but, Mm. like, a lot of my life being very serious and Mm -hmm. kind of getting lost in the fucking narrative of my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I think that, yeah, like, that's been a really nice addition. So thank you um, for introducing me to, you know, stand-up and being able to kind of, like, appreciate, Mm -hmm. like, Jezzel and... That's how he says his name, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool.
1: (laughs) To to answer your question, though, I think... um, you know, when you're younger, like poos and Wee's are funny. Like when you're really young, and then it's like, I, it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think your taste gets refined. And like, um, so Bobby, who was at my birthday, who performed at my birthday. Um, he posted himself doing a set, and like the caption appears like the guy getting off stage. I can't remember his name because was, was just talking about getting bullied. And so he takes the mic and he's like, Yeah, so uh, Jerry or whatever um, got bullied. What a fucking pussy. And, like, everyone, everyone loses it. And then he, like, tells his next joke and it's like, Ugh. and he's like, why the fuck do we even write jokes? Like, you guys loved when I called him a pussy. Like, and everyone laughs at that. And then he goes, all right, try. and he does another joke. No one really laughs. Like, a, a little, like, Hoo-hoo. He does another joke. No one really laughs. He's why are we even writing? Seriously, like, the best shit is, like, he's like, I mean, he's a fucking pussy, right? And everyone laughs again. And he goes, see? See? And he's, like, in, in real time showing, like, and it's like the crowd work is a whole different thing that's off the cuff really in the moment and stuff. Yeah. And like people have always told me I was funny, but it was because I'm just fucking being a dickhead in the moment. Like it's like, ha ha ha. Your timing's
0: good too. like, And your memory is great. So my short term memory. Yeah, so my short term. So your ability to actually kind of like regurgitate something that I've said, but put it in a really cool kind of like, you know, spin. Or like, hey, look at this. And I'm like... Awesome. ta awesome. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> smoking here. It's, it's a trick. It's yeah. like, I remember something
1: you said and now I'm using yeah, it to, to annoy like, you. And you're like, <laughs> ah, that happened and before. I love it. Like, it's
0: just a tie-in. Like, I can really appreciate that. So. But that's different to writing
1: a joke where you're like, here's the blah, blah. Here's the punchline. Mm. Yeah, Because like it. it's
0: kind of like more, yeah, like, what was the word that you used earlier? Off the cuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that it's, it's more in, like, present time rather than kind of like, that's planned. It was mm. funny, there was something that we were watching the other day where it was like, there was um, a, a comedian that was sort of saying that, like, everything's... Oh, that's right. That musician guy that we watch, the really dark dude, but he's Bo also, Burnham. Yes, yeah, Bo he's Burnham. great, by the way. He's mm. amazing. Check him out, Bo Burnham. Yeah, he's so, specials, so good. So. Do it. Mm. Um, What's he saying? But yeah, like, he was sort of saying that everything's kind of, like, you know, timed and there's, it's rehearsed and stuff like that, so... Mm. You know, especially with what he does because he actually includes music mm. and, like, the way that he'll kind of, like, point his fingers to music or, like, pretend that he's playing something. And, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. So I think that, yeah, like, but the ability to be able to do something and wit, it's wit, I think that that's really smart too, mm. you know, like, mm. um, being able to kind of just pick someone out and just be like, that, and then, like, mm. get, like, an amazing laugh out of it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's cool though.
1: Yeah, there's more layers to humor as you get older and, um... Mm. Yeah, I remember this, um, just before you do song, um, there was a, a woman I worked for, I worked at Subway in Campbell, and she was like the lovable old battle axe who kind of ran all of us like teenagers who'd gotten jobs at a fast food place, you know. And um, I noticed she'd always have a fucking laugh with the delivery guy, and it was a different guy every time, because there was all bread and salads, and there was all different stuff coming in all the time. But she'd always kind of like, "Yep, sign the thing, and they'd have a little, <laughs> and then he'd fuck off in his truck. Like, But it was like every time she'd have a little banter with them and I was like do you know these people and after a while I was no I've never seen that guy before but like it's like people of a certain age know that the jokes are like what get you by like it's yeah. like I'm at work all fucking day 12 hours or whatever and it's like someone going <laughs> and then you both like it replenishes your electrolytes and then you both go back to work and stuff yeah. and like vicariously I think I learned that I was like yeah the more like little glimpses of joy you give people during the day the more that they're like yeah cool i can keep going like, and even
0: for yourself too i think know, yeah. like i think that especially if you have lived a life that's been pretty serious or traumatic or just no. i don't know like you've been caught in your own head or whatever yeah. like it's just nice to just not constantly be there like that's been, <laughs> and it's not escapism i think it's just kind of like yeah it's more about being present and enjoying you know smaller moments and people i think as well like mm.
1: enjoying people yeah yeah
0: I don't
1: know if I want to do another song. <laughs> Should we just wrap it up? Here? Like, yeah. sort of, um, Let's do like a final thought. Okay. Like, ah. what do you think summarizes the? Um, we had some topics. We,
0: we covered, covered. We covered quite a
1: lot. Believing like codependency, um, rock starism, comedy, martial arts, parents. Yeah, <laughs> we did a lot. I'm sure, we'll revisit them all. Um, I think. It, yeah,
0: I think what was really cool about what Michael was saying earlier was just. um everything yeah totally <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> but i think that what i sure. really appreciate um about you is just the fact that like yeah like one of the things that we had in common was just yeah the slow and the code of stuff and being mm. able to kind of like talk about that stuff and and i think having mm. someone who understood a lot of the language because i think that mm. that was interesting you know I, I was kind of like on a journey Like this year has definitely been a journey for me and just you know owning a lot of my stuff working through a lot of stuff and I think that being able to kind of do that with someone who is who's done some of the work mm. and who's kind of like done 12 steps and yeah. and you know who understands language and who, who constantly works on himself I think that's great so yeah. I'm grateful thank you yeah I appreciate a <laughs> lot about you too yeah. mm. right. let's wrap it up and
2: then we can keep making out Yeah, sounds great. But
1: thank you for tuning in, whether it was audio, sonic, or visual slash audio learning that you enjoyed and is your learning style, etc. We'll be making more episodes. You can check out Mikey and Lola on Instagram. What's the actual spelling of the handle?
0: Um, It's Instagram.com, Mikey, M I K E Y, dot and and dot dot Lola. L O L A.
1: -A. Um, Yeah, follow us there. There'll be more. Uh, Podcast updates, recipes. Workouts. Yeah, workouts. Random,
0: yeah. random stuff that is us and our life. Like. Yeah,
1: that we just think is interesting to other people. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> look, the stuff we don't post is because we've gone, that's not cool. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not fun for other people. We just think it's cool. So we're we're curating the content. Be reasonably amusing, all right. Yeah, and if you disagree, keep it to yourself. (laughs) That's right, we don't need that negativity (laughs) now. Yeah, and we will not be responding to criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, god! All right, good night, everybody. Bye.